Hey there, Mountaineers, and welcome back to another episode of Are You Still Watching? And today is a very, very special day because it is the second episode of season two, but it is our first episode with my new co-host, Riley Williams. Riley, why don't you say hello to everyone and introduce yourself? Hey, guys, I'm Riley Williams. Um, I'm new to this podcast. I'm a sophomore here at West Virginia, um, majoring in photography with an emphasis in electronic media. All right, awesome. So when I first met Riley last year, we started discussing what we wanted to do for this podcast and what she was really interested in. And the first thing that you brought up was you wanted to talk about TV shows. And I was like, I have this really good thing for us to work on together. And what better way to start off our conversations together for this show than with what I like to call the Netflix luxury real estate cinematic universe of Selling Sunset, Selling Tampa, and the newest installment, which is Selling the OC, or Selling Orange County. So we are going to be going through each show's plot, their characters, the major points, the parallels between each show, the differences, and what we love and what we don't like as much about each show, And then we're going to get into some fun facts. So first off is the plot of Selling Sunset, which is two brothers running an all-female agent, luxury real estate agency in Beverly Hills, California. Brett and Jason Oppenheim, they run the Oppenheim Group, and they are real estate agents. They were both lawyers in their past lives before the TV show, and now they're running this very successful agency. And a lot is going on in this show. You have a lot of archetypes, a lot of personalities with these women. And the villain, or like the front woman of the show, seems to be Christine Quinn. She wears these very extravagant outfits. She drives a yellow Porsche. Like, she's just very, very extravagant. You can tell she's very luxurious, very over the top is a good one. Then there's the favorite. There's Mary. Mary has history with Jason which everyone loves to get into. Um, Mary is always accused of getting the best listings because Brett and Jason kiss her ass. It always seems to go for her way. She ends up actually selling a house in season two on her wedding day. Yes. When she's getting ready to marry Romaine, she is selling her wedding venue. Like, in her, like, bridal robe, half done. She's, like, closing deals. She never stops. Truly. Then we have the newbie, Chriselle. And Chriselle is why I started watching the show. I don't know if this is how you found it, but when I first found the show was when it was hitting what I would like to call its second wind from its release on Netflix. Yeah. They'd had two seasons, yeah. and everyone was discussing the fact that Justin Hartley's ex-wife was on this show, mm-hmm. and they were going to be hashing out their divorce in season three. So everyone hopped in and watched seasons one and two, and then waited for season three to come out for them to hash out the divorce. Is there not a season four? We're on season, we are on season five right now. The divorce happened in season three. Okay. And basically, Chriselle, raised in Kentucky, she came up from poverty. She was on All My Children. She was a soap opera actress. My mom watched All My Children. She knew who Chriselle was before she came on the show. I did not. I didn't either. And she became very well-known in the industry. She became an industry person. She meets Justin Hartley. He hits his big break on This Is Us. And then for whatever reason, she decides to try real estate. Yes. And then I have, so I listed them 
in my notes as the villain, the favorite, and the newbie. Then we have the comedy, and she is no longer going to be featured as often on the show. We have Maya. Yeah, we love Maya. Maya is Israeli, and she brings the comedy. She says what everyone is thinking. She says a lot of mean things. I don't think people realize just how mean she is sometimes, but I think Christine says it best is Maya could be the meanest person in the world, but because she says it with an accent, you can't help but love her. I was going to say, I think they hit on the point that because of a somewhat language barrier, she gets away with a lot of what she says, which... It can be problematic. It's funny. It's definitely for the comic relief because it gets real tense in there. Yeah, Quite that's often. what I always love is it's always the scenes in the office where like two people are like very tensely arguing and Maya's asking people what phrase like what American phrases mean. Right. And it just like breaks the tension. Um, so in talking about the characters, I would just love to say I'm going to start with this point and then circle back to this point in the end because I don't necessarily agree with this anymore. Okay. When this show started, my favorite person was Christine. You cannot not love Christine. I'm sorry. I don't care if she's mean. I don't. And I'm gonna and I literally am going to counteract this at the end. But I love this show made me love to root for reality TV villains. It's not that I like want her to succeed in being mean. Yeah. It's just that she is not even that mean. She is saying the truth. I will admit there are some things she does that are very backhanded and okay. very wrong and very inappropriate. Okay. But when things in the office need to be said that no one will say, or when things are going weirdly, Christine is not afraid to step up and speak her piece. Christine Quinn, if you are listening to this, which I highly doubt you are, I love you, and I am rooting for you. Oh, that's Even if weird. no one else in the Oppenheim group is, I am rooting for you. Yeah, you're, you're, you're one. You're one of one. I'm going to disagree on half of what you said and 70% of what you said. However, we'll get to that later when we talk about her. So, Riley, why don't you hit us with some fun facts before we get into the major points of the show okay cool so i have two mm, fun maybe not so fun there's one that i found interesting um that not everyone on the show or not everyone that works in the office appears on the show so there was a whole article just you know going uh in depth like 30 fun facts about the show it just basically mentioned didn't really say names or what their positions were. It just said there's a lot more people than we think in the office. And they went through a whole casting process. I believe Mary, maybe, was one of them who didn't even want to come on the show. I could be wrong about that name. But there was at least uh, one of them that didn't want to be on the show, but then realized, hey, this is this could be good for me. I had seen something since you're mentioning that, like yeah. when the Johnny Depp and Burr Heard case was going down, mm-hmm. that his lawyer ended up working, like being brought on to the team. I can't remember if it was of the OC office or of the Beverly Hills office, but I remember seeing that she was a part of the group. Yeah, okay, so I lied. It's not Mary. It just said that two additional women in the pilot did not ultimately want to go through with the show. Oh, I don't remember. Should we should we should we cast our guesses? Cuz I have a guess because she's no longer on the show. Okay, go for it. I think Maya probably did not want to be in it. I think Maya and Davina because they are not very much in the show. Okay. Like there's very much like the front runners 
of the show are like Mary, Chriselle, Christine, oh, Heather, yeah. and Amanza. Yeah, that's are very cool. much like the front runners, and yeah. then you kind of have like Maya and Davina that'll step in for an episode. And now we're bringing in these like couple newbies of like Vanessa, Chelsea, and Emma. Yeah, definitely feel like they're starting to step into their own. But I just always kind of felt that like even though I thought that she brought a lot to the show. I don't think necessarily Maya always wanted to be... Not saying she didn't always want to be there. I'm sure she wanted to do her job. But, like, being on camera, she wasn't always in scenes. And it's tough when your husband lives in Miami. That's completely across the country. And then Davina can't be on the show if she can't sell houses. And that $100 million house is still on the market. Yeah. Yeah. That was rough. That was... Well, even... Well, I'm not going to say anything right now about the OC, but I was going to touch on um not selling houses even tampa just there's fully like that was the whole plot for a good two episodes mm-hmm. of selling tampa was just they're not selling they're not selling they're not selling but, and i will and i will get into those points okay. and those arguments okay, cool. in our section on selling tampa all right um the other quick fun fact i had was um before chriselle married justin hartley she was engaged to, do you want to guess, um, anyone? Definitely TV show. I saw this somewhere. I'm sure you've seen the show. Everyone loves to hate him. James Vanderbeek. Mm, not the guy. From I'm Dawson's thinking. Creek. Is he? Because I have, I have Will Schuster, Matthew Morrison from Glee. Yeah. That's even worse. Yeah. Because don't get me wrong, I, as a One Tree Hill stan, I stand One Tree Hill over the creek and I never really liked James Vanderbeek. I thought Dawson was very, very whiny the entirety of Dawson's Creek. But I like Will Schuster and Matthew Morrison as a person creeps me out more than James Vanderbeek will ever annoy me. I feel like he's one of those people that he's the type of person in the show that you think is in real life. You know what I mean? Like I feel like Matthew Morrison is actually Will Schuster in real life. I don't think anybody likes him. I mean, I never liked him but I grew to hate him even more watching the show. But I don't know if you remember, I believe in the time when she was talking about her divorce with Justin, she mentions that she's upset and her previous engagement is, she was happy that she didn't actually marry him because it would have been a complete and utter mess. And everyone is um, assuming that she was hinting towards him because he, in fact, did break off their marriage um, very quickly, or their engagement. And, and, that is, and that is no one's loss but his. That is no one's loss but his, because she can certainly and certainly did do a lot better than him. We are going to get in now to a couple of major points, and I'm going to start with Chriselle now that we mentioned Chriselle's relationships. The office romance to end all office romances. Yikes. Chriselle and Jason dating in season Five, And I would just like to say, I know one case in my personal life, and they are lovely, lovely people, where a lifelong bachelor has settled down for someone he genuinely loved. I've seen the change once. Jason Oppenheim is not that type of person. I didn't think, I was rooting for them. I really was. I really was too, and I liked the way they opened the season of all of them in Greece, living their best life, celebrating their birthdays. Like, they truly did seem really happy, and even like a lot of the interview coverage I saw, 
in between seasons four and five, they seemed really, really happy. But I do think that it is an an issue that they press, and I think it is important for a lot of women to see that, that, like, I don't think men take into account enough, like, when women do want to have children, that it is because, like, they have a window to do it or it just won't happen. Men are luckier with the biological Mm -hmm. clock. For women, it's more of a ticking time bomb. And I think that she very much wants a family. I think she wanted a family in that moment. And I think she did see that. I think she saw the potential in him, and he did not have the confidence to see it in himself. And that is the argument that I will stand my ground on. I agree. I'm going to fault him on, I think all along he knew he really was not going to have kids, and I feel like he somewhat wasted her time. I think he dragged her and the relationship on longer, knowing good and well, deep in his heart, that he did not want to settle down and have kids. That man is all about his business. He's just opened another office. There was no chance they were going to have kids. I rooted for it. However, I feel bad for her because I think Mm -hmm. at this point, she just wants to have kids, and I think... Me, personally, I view it as she's just, she. as soon as she finds a boyfriend, she wants to have a kid. She's more in it for the kid than the whole family aspect, I feel like. I I don't know if that's what you, she has a bleeding heart, and I feel like she just, I don't know. I, I do feel for her in that, but I'm going to kind of jump and, like, switch directions, continuing to talk about Chriselle and her relationships, because a lot of it is covered in the show. Mm -hmm. She is, like, the new person coming in in season one, and the show does very closely follow a lot of her personal life. And I think the thing that is very interesting to me is the way she told Mary she found out about her divorce. Mm. So my thing is, is I didn't want to believe in the time that I watched this that that's actually how it happened but now seeing all of this stuff going down on social media especially the recent news of like the Avril Lavigne scandal the Adam Lavigne scandal oh okay with him cheating on his wife and his wife finding out through the posts I do kind of believe it that men literally will just put out these things. Like, the same thing. It's Tristan Thompson and Khloe Kardashian. Yes. When he put out the whole legal declaration, posted it without ever addressing it with Khloe. Kim and Kanye. They already had a kid on the way. Yep. And just no one knew. Yeah. I When was this that season filmed? Because I feel like in the pa- it's only been the past few years that it's been blasted online like that. I believe this... Season three was filmed in 2019 because then there was the break between seasons four and five for 2020, 2020 and 2021. Season six is being filmed in 2022, and they announced that they had signed for season six and seven. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, again, I feel bad for the girl. She just wants to, (laughs) she just wants a family. She just wants kids, and I don't know. I feel like... I didn't watch This Is Us, but he just seemed like such a calm, cool, collected guy. And then for her to find out like that, just completely... That episode made him the most hated man in America. Yes. In a day. Yes. And I kind of wish they showed him on the show. So, this leads me into my fun fact that I wanted to mention earlier. Yeah. But... So they had all these people's weddings posted. Heather, God lover, constantly talked about wanting a ring, mm-hmm. wanting to get married, wanting to do all of these things. 
And she never did it up until she met Tarek Al Musa, who is famously from HGTV. He's a contractor and a home designer. Very great talent. He's still in contract with HGTV, so he cannot be seen on another real estate show. So he is only ever featured in limited time frames, and they could not put their wedding on there because Tarek will not make a profit from it, and they both had to. Romaine is a character on the show. Mm -hmm. Christian, even though he's not very involved, Christine's husband, Mm -hmm. is a character on the show. Tarek exists outside of the Selling Sunset world, so he could not be paid for it. So that is why he is not featured often in the show, because he can't be paid for his appearances. That's where I just can't stand Hollywood. It's their life. I mean, I feel like if you're gonna, if your wife, your husband, whoever is gonna sign up for a show, if this is the, following their life. If this is the first time you are learning this from the two of us, let us be the parents who sit you down <laughs> for the talk. Reality TV shows are not real. They are not, and it's becoming more and more apparent every every time I watch something. So now we are jumping coasts and going a little bit south to my favorite Netflix real estate franchise. I don't know what it is about selling Tampa, but when I watch that show, I watched it in a day. I I sit down when I watch these shows, I watch them in a day because they're quick, they're 30 to 40 minutes, you breeze through them, you get into the drama, they always leave you on the cliffhanger with that fun little spicy music at the end, and you gotta keep watching, you gotta keep watching. But the thing that I liked about Selling Tampa is it is a minority and all-female-based real estate agency in Tampa Bay, Florida, and I love Sherelle. But what I did not know about Sherelle is a lot of these people have a lot of ties to Hollywood and the entertainment industry. So Sherelle is the boss and the owner of the brokerage. She is an ex-military veteran. And she is dating and now has a daughter with Chad Ochocinco Johnson, who is a former NFL player. Chad is actually in the show briefly. He is in different episodes. But Sherelle, at the point of the show, is a single mom with three kids, working her butt off, supporting her family. The thing that I love about these characters is I definitely feel like this show started its development by being like, we need a Chriselle we need a Christine, we need a such and such, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't make these characters fit into boxes, and that's why I love them even more, is while it is the same concept, all three shows have taken their own life. Even Mm -hmm. the one that is meant to be a very close spinoff, Selling the OC, which we're going to get into in a little bit. So I'm going to go back to the characters. Joanna, they call her HR. Yes. Because Joanna is not technically second in command to the boss, but she kind of likes to think she is because yes. she's treated as such. They refer to them, their ship name is Jarell, yes. Joanna and Sherelle. They go everywhere together. They're very close friends. They've worked together at the brokerage for a really long time. My two favorite characters, and this is probably going to be a place where we disagree, I love Colony and Anne. I think they're so funny. I think that Anne Sophie keeps it very real. Colony is one of those people that's just like you want to be like, you feel like a sense of pride watching a woman like Colony. And I feel like I'm not a person of color, so I can't speak on the experience. But I definitely feel like if I was a mother watching this show with my younger kids, I would be like, 
they can look up to these young women mm-hmm. because they are working hard and they are like doing something that not a lot of people do and they're being very successful at it and she often talks she's like I worked at a brokerage before and I was the only person who looked like me mm-hmm. and that's the thing that I really like about this is because they really did want to hit home on the acceptance point and it is a great hitting point on representation and then we get into the the counter side of the up and coming and working hard and this gets back into your point about not selling Alexis and Carla they need help they do they do I I don't feel bad though it sounds horrible I don't feel bad for a lot I feel bad for Carla she did try and put in the work. Mm-hmm. She heeded the warning. Mm-hmm. Alexis, God love her, is the wife of an NFL player. And I'm yep. not saying that these women do not need to work, that they do not need to have jobs. I do not know your life. I do not know your story. There's a 95% chance that she could have stayed home. I'm going to stop you right there because I'm pretty sure they're not even actually married. I'm pretty sure they're just dating. Um, I'm sure it's they she said they've been together since college, but I'm pretty sure they're not actually married which in my head Bridges a little bit more of a gap that she could focus more on real estate She keeps saying I know everyone claims that she's the NFL wife and then correct me if I'm wrong However, I think they say that because they've been together for so long So I find that interesting Um, I was gonna say going back to just being an all-minority um, cast that being of color as well I think this was a great chance to you know highlight women in the path that I want to be in um, I do agree with you Colony and um, and Anne I think it's it's admirable that they are the two top selling besides Sherelle agents in that agency being so young they are the youngest I believe and the entire agency being, what, 31 and 27 or something. Mm-hmm. So I love Colony. I love Anne. Their little, their little tiff at the, uh, at the midpoint of the season was interesting to watch. However, I love them both. Alexis, can't stand her. I think she's full of excuses after excuse. I was screaming at my TV in the episode when her and Sherelle were going back and forth. Um, I agree with Sherelle that she ultimately fired Alexis, and I'm going to disagree with her when she says that Sherelle gave up on her. So I'm going to jump into my first point, and I'm going to pull in our last character that I wanted to mention. My girl, Tennille. Mm. You think Tennille be keeping it real, or is she a little too crazy for you? I am almost indifferent with her. I, if anything, I care more about Rena than I do Tennille. Rena... I struggled with because like when I think of Rena, Rena does kind of give me like if they were going to be pulling like the characters of Selling Sunset, Rena definitely gives me the Mary vibes, but I think that if they gave Mary a storyline of being at odds with Jason, mm-hmm. like if Jason and Mary were at a sort of odds, I feel like it would very much line up with the Sherelle and Rena line. Well, Rena's kids are the like Rena's kids are friends, but the thing that I was looking at like with that situation was Rena's husband is still friends with Sherelle's ex Mm -hmm. and I feel like that caused a little bit more drama behind the scenes that was contributing to what we were seeing Mm -hmm. than people were commenting on well I feel like it was an unnecessary drama I was waiting to see they said that they were friends way 
way before the show, they were neighbors, whatever. I was waiting to see that dynamic. I feel like we never really saw it, but I do feel like I didn't, I was not bothered by them saying that her husband was friends with the ex because of their neighborly mm-hmm. dynamic, their best friends the entire time. I think they blew it up like way out of proportion. Um, it just, I felt like it was unneeded. Very much. So the next thing I want to get into, going back to your your favorite girl. Mm. So Alexis gets fired, and then she shows up to Colony's 30th birthday pool party. Yep. There's a huge blowout that's the cliffhanger ending of the season. What are your thoughts, your feelings? Give us everything. Well, what I was was I was going to touch on before is I just don't agree with Alexis and I didn't understand when she was saying Sherelle gave up on her. She literally told her, we saw it in the show, they're sitting down at the picnic table, she's about to get fired. Sherelle says, in six months, take this break, get your life figured out, figure out if you even want to do real estate, how much time you want to put into it, become a better agent. And then maybe if that becomes your passion, I will hire you back. So I don't know if Alexis blacked out during that conversation. I don't know if it was, you know, the producers, as, you know, we tend to see them egging on the conversation. But Sherelle literally gave her a second chance. She's given her more than two chances. But the fact that she said, you can come back if you get your life figured out. And I feel like nobody touched on that. That's what I was screaming about. I don't know. I just, I don't get it. I don't. You know, definitely. So the next two major points that I felt we hit in the season were Sherelle ending up, this has now come to pass, I believe this season was filmed in the middle of 2020. Mm -hmm. Sherelle has now since given birth to her first child with Chad Ochocinco Johnson, but in the show she finds out in about the midpoint of the season that she's pregnant. And she goes through that situation. Of course, Joanna is with her when she takes the test. And it was something that kind of shocked me, but mostly I thought it was very interesting. And I am rooting for there to be a second season because I would like to see how they're going to balance her going to Miami to Mm -hmm. be with Chad and the bouncing back and forth between Tampa and Miami, how her kids are going to be involved in it, how it's going to affect the brokerage. Will Joanna step up? Will there be rifts between Sherelle and Joanna for stepping up? Colony. Or will Joanna be promoted and then Colony Ann and the rest of the ladies go berserk? Okay, so I have another little fun fact about this to hit on that. Um, I just looked. There has not been an approved season two of Selling Tampa, and I'm going to say it's because either Sherelle has decided to move to Miami and that's the end of, you know, the little allure in Tampa, or it's still up in the air and they just they don't know where they're going with it netflix producers please give me what i need this is my favorite i'm sorry and don't get me wrong like i love them all Mm -hmm. and i will watch anything they give me but i i just i love these characters i think that it no offense the girls of Selling Sunset got a little boring mm-hmm. about season four. Season five spiced it up a little mm-hmm. bit. I like Chelsea. Did. It, there was definitely a little. I like Chelsea. There was a little heat. But um, it got boring, and I needed something more, and this well, gave me more. This gave me what I needed, and I, I need it to come back. I just read that Rena has officially opened her own brokerage, and I'm wondering 
if there is a season two produced, will the allure be switched over to whatever Rena's brokerage is? And will Colony and Anne specifically be jumping ship to Rena's brokerage? We need to get teacups. We do. We need to get teacups. It is hot. It is steaming. It is It is very hot, but we need teacups for the studio. We need to sit here. We need to sip our tea. We need to get caught up on our news. Netflix, give us something. Anything. Tweet me. Tweet the Daily Athenaeum. Give us the answers we are asking for. The last thing I want to touch on before we move on to Selling the OC is Joanna does end up discussing throughout the entirety of the season, but doesn't announce it until later to the rest of the ladies, that she is getting divorced. Mm -hmm. She was definitely, like, the token, like, married with her life together one, and you see her kind of step back into the dating pool with the only thing that I can describe... I am a very outgoing person. I am rarely caught, like, it's a very strange phrase, but I'm very rarely, like, caught with my pants down, scared about something, like, kind of overwhelmed. And I'm sitting there on my couch alone having secondhand embarrassment. Me too. Feeling very, very uncomfortable about what I was watching. Yes. During this date, it's, it's the reason I don't go on dates. It scared me. Again, I'm going to go ahead and say it could be because of the, you know, somewhat language barrier that things were getting. I don't know. It was very awkward. It was, it. I just, the conversation that they were talking about just seemed to go somewhere, A, you shouldn't be talking about on a first date, or B, why you saying that on national TV? Yes. So for reference, um, please go watch the episode where Joanna goes on her first date after her divorce while they are in Miami for the brokerage trip to uh, sell a family a very, very luxurious house because um, I do not feel comfortable talking about it in this podcast knowing that my mom and grandma listen to it. Exactly. So now for our third and final installment of the selling cinematic universe is selling the oc this is the newest installment it Mm -hmm. came out a few weeks ago on netflix and essentially it follows selling it's a spinoff of selling sunset with brett and jason opening a new branch of the oppenheim group in orange county california and holy crap did they throw everything but the kitchen sink into the show so many characters yes so many main people and like when i tell you that like in the first couple seasons of selling sunset it was like you had like your five main characters and like three side characters every single person on this show is a main character they have a personality a storyline they are funny you love to hate them you hate to love them and i love it i was gonna say this in the one season that this they is have the first season. Yeah, they did a fantastic job at following every single person's character arc, their storyline. You know, it feels very personal with every single character that they had. I agree with that. And with that, we are going to get into our characters. So for whatever reason, and don't get me wrong, I understand that this is a actual working business. Mm-hmm. Never in the history of reality TV, have I ever thought it was a good idea to have more than one person with the same goddamn name? Every... There's three Alexandria's people. Three. There's Alex Hall. Yep. 
Alexandria Jarvis and Alexandria Rose. They go by Hall, Jarvis, and Rose. It's giving Bachelor vibes. It really is. Like, it very much was. I love that they go by their last names, though. I think it's hilarious. I have some unpopular opinions about the Alexes, but I want to hit on those (laughs) later. Geo. Geo. Can't stand him. Can't stand him either. Okay, good. Because my thing was is I, like, bounced back and forth with how I felt about him. But mm-hmm. then I was, like, watching it, and I'm like, in reality, like, I root for his mom. Love his mom. Gio's <laughs> mom is hilarious. His mom makes me uncomfortable. Oh. I'm just going to say it. I thought she was fu- I thought she brought the energy. I thought she was very, very funny. Um, but I liked her better than I liked her son. He, I think they were trying to push him almost, especially in the beginning, into the Christine slot. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. However, he didn't fulfill it. He was so back and forth with who he's friends with, who he likes, who he's not liking. I I couldn't, I don't know. I felt like he's just also, not that he's shallow, but the way in in which they presented him felt very, like he felt like the least personal out of all these people. Mm -hmm. He was very emotionless, I think. Yes, very much so. And then I'm going to talk about these last two together of sorts, Kayla and Tyler. Yes. So Kayla is the single mom. She is coming up. She used to be a secretary at an older brokerage, and now she is coming into being a real estate agent herself. Very much struggling with the listings, but she is not struggling with the gentleman. Not at all. So for those of you who do not know, Tyler is actually married to Brittany Snow from Pitch Perfect. They have now since, I don't know if they're fully divorced, but they have now since separated. Which was news to me. I did not know that. Yes, but this season was not filmed a long time ago. Yeah. They released this fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, But I would just like to mention that. Besides that, it sounds horrible. Tyler doesn't really have a story arc outside of the situation of him and Kayla maybe, maybe not canoodling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's all I'm really going to say about that because we don't want to assume anything about anyone's marriages and we yep. don't want to get canceled. Um, so I would like to hit on a couple of major points. I'm going back to my thing. I said it. I like to root for the villain. I hate Alex Hall. <laughs> Yep. I hate her. Yep. I cannot stand her. I liked her at the beginning. I did she too. was like, oh, I am a single mom. I am working. The girl does not look like a single mom to a teenager. She looks like a teenager. Yes. I just, I could not stand her by the end. I thought she was whiny. I thought she was intimidating. I thought she was a little conniving. Yep. She tried to be Christine in a way that only Christine can be Christine. I was going to say, referencing back to Selling Sunset, the very first episode, maybe the second, she was giving full Mary, loved her, rooted for her, instantly, instantly hated her. Went, fell back into the Christine, can't stand her. I love watching the trailer and then watching the actual season because I think in the trailer they very much paint Geo, Jarvis, and Rose as like the three villains. Mm-hmm. I don't really like Geo, but Jarvis and Rose, everything on Twitter, I love to say it, their revenge is their paper. They make so much money. They work their asses off. Yep. They're doing everything they need to and the next thing, and it's working for them. And they're showing results. And at the end of that season, they played the very dramatic music and were like, they sold a $20 million house. And they sat there and were like, we did that. I just wanted to They know. did not have to say anything. They just had to sell the houses 
and it spoke for it, and no one can talk crap on them because they're the only people producing results. I want to know if they could function as successfully without a pair because this entire season they showed the two of them working every single house together, together, together. So I want to know if as Jarvis and Rose separate, can they perform at the high level that they do together? I would like to see that in the next season mm-hmm. because I do think the answer is no. Yes. Like, I think that they function well together as a pair because of what they bring to it. I will say I find it impressive. Alex was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Al- Jarvis was a lawyer. And that she did all of these things before becoming a realtor, similar to Brett and Jason. Mm-hmm. But I just think that it's one of those things where it's like, who has the balance, but who has the upper hand? And mm-hmm. I think that that could be a very interesting plot point to seeing if there's going to be a rift between mm-hmm. them if they start to work separately. I think if they were separate, my predictions, if this does happen, is Jarvis is going to be successful, Rose is not. I find Rose to be somewhat, I don't know if immature is the word, just less... I feel like she relies heavily on being in a team. And that's what, that's all I'm going to say. Moral of the story, Christine Quinn would never. Yes. That was the thing is I was like trying to figure out because Jarvis did kind of remind me in the beginning of Christine. Very tall, very statuesque and beautiful woman. Like very extravagantly dressed. And then in the end, she did kind of remind me of like a Davina or even like a Heather. Just like not... Davina's a little too underhanded, like maybe even Maya, just kind of very calm, minds her P's and Q's. And the thing is, is I am saying this as someone, I'm, this is going to be my closing argument for resting my case. I grew up around a lot of people in the South. I have a lot of family from the South. I myself am not from there, but I have a lot of family from the South. Bless your heart is a good thing. Bless your heart is a bad thing. Bless your heart is an ugly thing. And it is okay. I still support her, I still love her, and anytime anyone tells me they don't like Jarvis or Rose, I will tell them to bless their heart. There you go. Well, Riley, you have officially survived your first episode as co-host of Are You Still Watching? How you feeling? I'm feeling great. I These shows get me heated, and I know we could talk about this for another three hours. Oh, but. that's very, very true, but you will just have to wait and see what we come up with. Two weeks from now. Yes. Every two weeks of the rest of the semester, you will be hearing from me and Riley together on Are You Still Watching? Are You Still Watching releases episodes every two weeks of each month. Listen to Are You Still Watching at thedaonline.com slash podcasts or wherever you stream podcasts.